<laughs> I was wondering why I sounded so quiet. <laughs> my, my voice must be weak today or something. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyhow, so let's, <laughs> let's open up our Bibles. We've, we've been talking about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit and um, talking about uh, uh, different, different gifts. And so uh, we've been talking about, we brought the gifts of the Father into this. I'm not sure how we did that or why we did that, other than I, I think I, I kind of got off on a tangent, and then everybody else picked up on it and started expounding on some of those, uh, what we call gifts of the Father or inspirational gifts that are listed in Romans chapter 12. And then we've got many, uh, uh, spiritual gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then we've got ministry gifts um, that are listed in Ephesians chapter 4. So let's go over there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's read um, what these uh, spiritual gifts are. And uh, we, we're going to skip over gifts of the Father because we're not really emphasizing those particular gifts uh, in this study but it was important for us to at least look at them and see that they were there. So uh, verse 7 says, uh, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7 says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and for profit, which I think is that's pretty cool. Uh, to one is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom. To another, the power to express a word of knowledge uh, and understanding according to the same Holy Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith by the same Holy Spirit. To another, extraordinary powers of healing uh, by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophetic insight the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose to another, the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterances of true spirits and false ones or the discerning of spirits. I like the way this was described in that particular, uh, this particular uh, translation to another, various kinds of unknown tongues and to another, the ability to interpret such tongues all these gifts, achievements, abilities are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. Amen. So now let's go over there. Uh, it's been a minute since I've used this uh, iPad. Um, so it, this Bible app is trying to update uh, for me. So now go run over to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to go back to spiritual gifts, but I just want to read these um, so that we know what we're talking about here. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read this in King James. I therefore, the verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, even as you're called, one to hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in y'all. Verse 7, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, 
You all know this. To every one of us has been given authority or power or anointing or ability according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Now, I want you to notice something in these verses of scripture. In, in fact, let's look at verse look at look at verse seven again because I think it's important. That verse helps us to understand um, the um, it helps us to understand how that these gifts are dispersed. Because you know, we all all of us. How many of you are aware that? Not there, that every one of us have a function in the body. Oh, yeah. You know, the Bible says that we are members of the body of Christ, that we're all part of the body of Christ, members in particular. In fact, when you read in 1 Corinthians, uh, continue to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's what it starts to talk about. It starts talking about how we're all members of the body of Christ, how we're all parts of the body, members in particular. In other words, we all have a function. Every one of us have been built for a purpose and to, uh, to take place in the body and function in the body according to the will of God. Now, because we all have a function and we all have a purpose, then guess what? That means all of us have a, some measure of a, of a call from God. We have a vocation. And so we're to, each one of us, we're to find out what that vocation is. What is the work that God has called us to do? Now, some of us, we're, we're going we're gonna to feel like that when we discover our, our purpose or as we begin to discover, because you, you can't, you don't choose your destiny. You discover your destiny. You can't choose your destiny. You can only discover your destiny. And so in order to discover your destiny, you have to go on that journey of discovery because no matter how badly you want something, if it's not God's plan and God's desire for your life, um, you can try and try and work and work and it's, it's never going to work out for you. You're never going to get there. And but that's why uh, when Paul Trochel was with us, I thought it was so, so valuable what he shared about, um, about uh, motive you know, what is your motive? What's your motivation? What is it that motivates you? What is it that really, why do you want to be anointed? Do you want to be anointed so people will look up to you? Do you want to be anointed so people will say, wow, look at that, look at that guy. Do you want to be anointed so, um, um, you know, there, there, there's a, there's a, there are a lot of reasons why some people uh, want to do certain things. But if our motivation, if our desire is to, is to do the will of the Father, to, to fulfill his purpose, um, because we love him, because he loves us, because of the, because of the wonderful things that he's, you know, <laughs> I'm about to say something, sound like I'm pulling it from the Wizard of Oz, but because of the wonderful things that he's done for us, you know? <laughs> because, 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 because. <laughs> because of the wonderful things he does. <laughs> Ted's about to get up and start skipping. <laughs> but really, that's the, our motivation ought to be um, the love of God. So anyway, turn to someone and tell them you have a purpose. Now, now let's now let's read verse seven because verse seven. Now we're getting ready to talk about. Okay, so we talked about spiritual gifts over in, y'all realize spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are for every one of us, right? Oh, yeah. Because the Bible says that these gifts were given, the manifestations of the Spirit were given to every man. 
to profit with all. So these gifts, these gifts of the spirit for every man, but these ministry gifts weren't given to every man. Jesus gave these gifts to men, but they're not for every, not everyone is, uh, is going to be called to function in a ministry gift. Amen. But, it, but notice what it says in verse 7, because I think it, it starts to kind of help us to understand and give us an understanding of how these things work. But unto every one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, God, God's favor will be extended toward you according to the measure of the gift that God has purposed for you to function in. There are some people, for example, let's take Billy Graham. Billy Graham, as an example there was a greater measure of grace on his life to minister the gospel to the lost. Oh, yeah. How many of you would agree with me if I said Billy Graham had a greater measure of anointing on his life uh, in the area of winning the lost than most people in the body of Christ have? Oh, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Do all of us have the ability to win people to Jesus? Let me ask you this question. Do all of us have the same ability that Billy Graham had? No. To, now, see, this is, and this is where Christians start to get weird because it's like, well, you know what? God's no respecter of persons. If God did it for Billy Graham, he'll do it for me. Listen, you're right. God loves every one of us all the same. He is no respecter of persons. He doesn't favor anyone, uh, any individual more than he favors anybody else. But you have to understand something. Um, just because God uh, doesn't show favorites doesn't mean that God makes everybody an eyeball. Well, you know what? I'm no respecter of persons because I'm no respecter of persons. I'm just going to make every one of you an eyeball. No, we still have, we still ha uh, have been created to uh, fulfill his purpose and to function in the part of the body that he intends for us to function in. So this whole idea that, that some people can't be more anointed than others, we, we've we got to get the spirit of the world out of the church. The spirit, the spirit of the world says everyone gets a trophy and there are no winners. Everyone gets a trophy just for participating. That, you know, that's the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world has gotten into the church to the point where we've been trying to tell church folks that, hey, you can do anything. God, God has no favorites. You know, that preacher up there, he's not any more special than you are. You want to make a bet? There's, there's something special about that individual. There's something different about that individual that doesn't exist in every other. Now, listen, does God love that person more? No. Does God, is God's favor extended toward that person in a greater measure than everybody else? Well, here's the thing. In some areas, yes. Oh, yeah. In some areas, yes. God, Benny Hinn. <laughs> you may or may not like Benny Hinn. I, 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 I like Benny Hinn. I like his ministry. I've followed his ministry for years. I've watched him. I saw Benny Hinn when he was Benny Rooster. <laughs> anyway. So you'll get it later. But anyhow, <laughs> Benny, <clears throat> Benny Hen, Benny Rooster. <laughs> yeah, Benny Hen. <laughs> hey, it's like, Pastor, it ain't funny, Pastor, it ain't funny. I know a good joke, and that was not a good one. <clears throat> so Benny Hen. <laughs> so Benny Hen. Uh, 
How many of you know that the Bible says that believers will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover? Now, how many believers are here? So that means that you as a believer, you ought to lay hands on the sick and they ought to recover. Isn't that right? Now, let me ask you a question. Are we all going to have the same success in ministering healing to the sick that Benny Hinn has? No. You know why? Because there's a greater measure of grace and anointing that's on Benny Hinn's life to minister healing to the sick. And that has to do with the purpose and the function to which God called him to function in the body. Does that make sense? And so, so uh, we, can't, we can't become jealous of, of what uh, is happening in the lives of other people. A- at the same time, we can't give up on our destiny and on what God has called us to do because we're not going to be a Benny Hinn or a Billy Graham. You know, I've, I've got, I've, I've, <laughs> I just have to share this with you. It's just the truth. Most of us, are, most of you aren't going to be on platforms preaching to tens of thousands of people, ministering healing to sick people, clearing out wheelchairs. Most of us, that's not, that's not the position that God is going to elevate us to. Some of, you know, some of us, God has called us to be supportive of somebody else. <laughs> To not even be the one who's up front. But to be the one who's in the, you know, who's in the pits. That when that individual comes in and needs a, a, a fuel up and a tire change and a, a and you know, and if you know, whatever, that we're we're there. We're the ones that are there to fill that role. And you know, there are a lot of people in the in the then people some people aren't happy. In fact, some people change churches. When they, can't, when they can't do what they desire in their own minds and in their own hearts to do. So they'll go to a pro, some prophetic meeting and someone will prophesy over them. And you know, you almost never go to a pro, you almost never go to a prophetic conference and someone prophesy over you and say, well, here, you know, you're going to, you're going to carry water to the front for the preacher every Sunday. And, um, and the Lord's going to use you, and, and he's going to use you to vacuum the floors of the church and uh, wipe boogers off the walls in the nursery. And, uh, and, and uh, God's going to bless you with a brand new toilet brush every month so that you can clean the toilets and do it with, with, uh, with joy. And I'm, you know, I've never been to a prophetic meeting and heard that kind of prophecy. Nearly every prophetic meeting I've been to, nearly every meeting I've ever been to, the prophecies you hear are, oh, God, God's, you're a prophet, amen, and God's called you to be an apostle, and yay, thou art going to do this and that. And the, people get these real grandiose words about how they're going to, you know, do all these things. And there's no stinking way. Listen, church, there's, there's no stinking way. That's, your, that, that's why you've got to go on a journey of discovery. In, instead of trying to tell God what he's going to do with you, you need to ask God, God, what are you going to do with me? Instead of trying to dictate to the Lord how he's going to do it, you need to begin to say, Lord, show me your way. Okay. What, <clears throat> where's Carolyn? Um, what did Miss Carolyn say? What was, it she, what was the last thing she prayed that Paul Trokel said? If we will, if Carolyn prayed this because Paul Trokel said it, if we will align ourselves with what God called us to do, then we're then we become unstoppable. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Amen. 
But you know what? It's, it's, hard. It's, it's hard for some of us to think that, you know, we may, <laughs> we may never be uh, behind the wheel of the race car, driving around the track uh, in the winner's circle, you know, everyone taking pictures and uh, champagne bottles being popped and, and fountains of champagne going everywhere, which, you know, I'm no, I know most of us aren't, uh, hopefully most of us aren't <laughs> about any of that. But anyway, <laughs> but it's hard, it's, hard for, it's hard for some people to even fathom the idea that they wouldn't be used of God in some, um, in some way that uh, elevated them to Christian superstardom. But it doesn't mean your role is any less important. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. And it doesn't mean God won't use you to do miracles. Right. Nobody may ever know about them or hear about them. You know, Catherine, anybody ever heard of the ministry of Catherine Coleman? She ministered healing to sick people. Do you know many of the miracles that took place in Catherine Coleman's meetings didn't happen when she ministered to people, when she prayed for them? Many of those miracles would happen uh, in, the, uh, in the lines before, uh, before the people would get in. Her people would go out among people in the lines and, and um, encourage people, encourage people's faith. And people would actually receive healings outside of the auditorium before they ever walked through the door. And then some of them would come in the auditorium. And while Catherine Kuhlman was, you know, while they were doing worship and Catherine Kuhlman was being prepared to come out, she had people all over the building that would walk around and they would just be in the spirit. And some of them would go up to people and minister to them and they'd receive their healing long before Catherine Kuhlman ever called them out. And then sometimes she'd call out a word of knowledge and the way people would receive it is her people would go up to people and say, are you the one that has, that's had that wrong with them? They, they would say, yeah. And they'd say, that word was for you. And the minute those people told them, uh, those folks, they'd receive their healing. They'd receive a manifestation of healing. So um, lot, lots of those people that received manifestations of healing in her meetings, they weren't... Um, they weren't even ministered to by Catherine Coleman. They were ministered to by the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Amen. All right, so verse 7, but not every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So whatever God's called you to, his grace and his power and his anointing is going to be upon you in the measure that is necessary for you to fulfill your purpose. And the gift of God that's in you is going to work in the measure that is necessary for you to fulfill your purpose. Amen. Amen. Well, does that mean every one of us can raise the dead? Absolutely. We can all raise the dead. If, if that's, uh, if that's something that, um, if that's something that transpires and it's something that the Lord intends for us to do at some point, uh, in our life, in our pursuit of, of him, um, heal the sick. Yes. Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. Um, but these ministry gifts, these ministry gifts that this uh, scripture is about to talk about, they're not for everyone. They're for those that God calls. So uh, when he ascended on high, verse 8, wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. So say this with me. Say, Jesus gave gifts to men. 
Verse 9, now that he ascended, what is it? That, but he also descended first in the lower parts of the earth. He that descended also is the same that ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11, and here are those ministry gifts. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give these gifts? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. Again, again talking about the body uh, in these verses of scriptures, just like it, it, it does over in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Any questions? Yes. Um, and they would preach. Oh, thank you. They would preach that based off of your works, when we pass away and go to heaven or the new earth or right. whatever it might be, based off our works, God has a, a house or a bigger house or more blessings. Is that even true? You know. That, you know what? It's true in a measure. I I don't think we understand it completely. I, I think for us to and. Maybe, maybe some people have a greater understanding than I do, but the way, the way I understand it is there, there is a reward system in heaven, and that reward system in heaven works according to um, your faithfulness, and, but, but you have to be careful when you hear that, because if, if you grew up in a church like I grew up in, which was a Spanish church, Spanish churches... <laughs> had a tendency to be super legalistic. And they used a lot of fear to get you to, you know, it's like, you know, you're going to live in a shack in the corner of heaven, you know, the way you're going, because, you know, you're not that great. And if you even make it, you know. Uh, and so, you know, some people that, that they got this mentality of just give me a shack, Lord, in the corner. Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. You know, just help me get through, Lord. But, but, uh, so when, when we're talking about um, reward, being rewarded, and that reward being handed out according to faithfulness, our idea is, is that good, our goods and our bads being weighed out, and if the goods weigh more than the bads, then we're rewarded more greatly. But that's not, that's not, God's, that's not God's system. Um, when, I when I'm talking about being faithful, it has to do with discovery. And, and I, I don't remember who this was. I think it may have been Rick Joyner that wrote a book. Um, and I, I don't remember the name of the book. It was not a work. It was not, it's not a, uh, it's a fiction, it's a, a, a fiction book. But in the book, he brought out a lot of things that, that I think were helpful. A lot of things that were definitely scriptural and that were helpful in, in uh, getting us to be able to understand how God's system works. So in the final quest. So, and I don't, I'm, it's not recommend, I don't recommend that you go out and read Final Quest. If you want to, you can, but anyhow, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a church doctrine book, but, but in this book, this will help you to understand. In this book, uh, Rick Joyner wrote that there was a man that, um, he came, he, that the person who's, that, who's the, 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 
Y'all pray for me, but I feel like my hard drive isn't clicking quick. <laughs> You're a distraction. Put that drop cloth on. <laughs> I love you, pumpkin. Um, the main character of the book, he goes, he goes to heaven. And when he goes to heaven, he's looking around and he's looking up at the platform thinking, you know, that he's in this grave. Jesus is up there at the platform and he's looking up at the platform in the highest seats of the place. And he knows that the order that people are seated in this big auditorium are the order in which they are rewarded, uh, 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 that they are rewarded. In other words, if you did greater, you sat closer to the front. If you did the great stuff, you sat on the platform. The, the stuff that wasn't so great, you know, your, your seat kind of, you know, it's kind of like if you get up early and you buy your tickets early, uh, you're going to get good seats if you're willing to pay for them. If you're not, you're in the nosebleed section. You're still there, but you don't have great seats. So anyway, uh, the people in the back. So he looks in the back and he said there was a, there was one that was sitting in the back that was a preacher that was very, he had a very, uh, uh, he was, uh, had a lot of notoriety in the earth. He had a huge ministry. Uh, everyone knew him. He had a TV ministry and um, he seemed like he did a great work on, while he was on the earth, but he was seated in the very, very back of this great auditorium. And so when this guy in the book looks at this guy in the back, he's like, dude, what are you doing back here? You did such great stuff on the earth and God used you. And he said, the guy didn't have a bad attitude. He was just like, dude, I'm here. You know, I am here. He said, and I, I just didn't do all that I could have done. I just, I, 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 I kind of squandered what God gave me. Even though it seemed like I did a big work the grace that God had put in me to do the work was much greater than what I allowed to manifest through my life in the earth. And then there was a guy that was on the platform that was the, this guy recognized him. This guy was the meanest, low down, dirty, rotten guy that he had ever met in his whole life. He said the guy was just mean and rude and ugly and terrible. And he saw, he saw him on the platform. And he said he wondered why that guy was up there on the platform. And so he said, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm telling this right. I've only heard this uh, told through Pastor Mikey because I never read the book. But uh, the way Pastor Mikey told it is that all of a sudden, like just the, the, the life of this man that was up on the platform, that was just an ugly, you know, rotten guy in this guy's mind. His life went, went um, flashing before this guy's eyes. And he said he saw this guy walking down the street just miserable and ugly and just had a terrible attitude. And he said there was a dog that was walking uh, in front of him, and that guy went to kick that dog. And before he could kick that dog, something on the inside of him, the spirit of God on the inside of him said, don't do it. And he said, it took every bit of the grace of God that was working in his life to keep him from kicking that dog. And because he functioned in the fullness of God's grace for his life, he had accomplished more than the guy that had done great work, but didn't use all of his grace. 
See, that, that's, why, that's why sometimes we look at somebody who's doing something like what I'm doing and we think, well, they're, they're greater than I am. No, it, you're not great unless you're doing that. That's why, I, that's why I spent time on that verse right there. But unto every one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Listen, you're not, you're not doing that good until you function in the full measure of the grace that God gave to you. And so there is a reward system in heaven. And that reward system doesn't function on good and bad. It functions on what did you do with God, what God entrusted you with. It goes, it goes back to that. I see you down. I'm going to, I'll get you. I'll get you. Um, it goes back to the parable of the talent. You know, what did you do with what he gave you? And listen, some people are flat out going to miss heaven because they squandered what God gave them because they never went on that journey to discover that grace. Oh, you know what? Your name don't have to be in everybody's mouth, uh, you know, in the church for you to have done something great. Your song doesn't have to be sung by every worship team for you to have functioned in your, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Boy, this is getting in me right now. Amen. Amen. Do you know know why? Because I believe that we're, we're coming into a season in the church where God is opening up the door for every one of us to function in the full measure. Glory. In the full measure of the grace that he put on the inside of us. Did that answer your question? Amen. Don, what do you... I was was reminded of the scripture, uh, and I I forget whether it was a parable of of Jesus or something that Paul taught, that uh, uh, the foundation is Christ, and uh, we have to be uh, mindful of how we build on that foundation. If we build with uh, straw, sticks, and stubble, (laughs) uh, then that will pass through the fire, uh, and we will enter into glory uh, with the smell of smoke on us and nothing to show for it whereas if we build with precious stones and and so on that uh, that that will uh, follow us into heaven right yes and that's you know that that's something uh, that's why we we talk about many times what we do is we get, as as people we get caught up we get caught up in where we're living right now and we get caught up in what we're doing just in this life and in this part of our lives. And so, um, it was Francis Chan. He, he gave an example. And I don't know if y'all know who Francis Chan is. But anyway, uh, let's just pretend that you can't. Let's pretend that you, you can't see the end of this. This is. <laughs> let's just pretend that this is, this is a representation of your life. Of your life. Of your whole life. And. This represents your life on the earth. Just this, just this part of this represents your life. But your life on the earth, in the broad scheme of things, this is all that there is of your life on planet earth. But then you got all of this way out here. See, so some of us only live for this part neglecting all of this that's going to come after that is probably more important than this right here. And so when all we do is we concentrate on what's happening in this life and we don't understand that 
a part of a part of the reason why God is preparing us and why we're going through all this. I know, I know some of you think it's all over with after we're dead, that after we're dead, we go to heaven and we kick back, uh, you know, uh, uh, we, 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 uh, we throw an inner tube into the, you know, the river of life and there's a little, you know, it just kind of, you know, we jump in and, and we kind of lay out in the sun and chew on a piece of straw and, and uh, got a cane pole and we're fishing and just relaxing. And that's not, that's not how it goes. The Bible says that we're going to rule and reign with him. You say, now, where are we going to rule and reign at? Have you ever, I mean, have you ever thought about these things? Because, you know, the Bible, the, Bible, the Bible tells us very little about some things. One thing we do know is this. We're the, greatest, we're the greatest thing that God ever created. But we're not the only thing he created. <laughs> we're the only thing that he created in his image and in his likeness. And he created us that way. Oh, do you know why God created man? Let's, let's get this for a second. Do you know why God created man? Some people say this, well, he created us to worship. And that's partly right. But when God created us, the reason why he created us is because he wanted a family. Oh, yeah. God wanted a family. So God created man in his image. And in his likeness. Oh, 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 oh. it's a good story. Y'all, y'all, listen to this just for a second. Think about it. So think about the story of creation. God creates man in his own image, in his own likeness. He gives him dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air. He, he, he puts him over. Amen. God didn't create you to be under. He created you to be. Amen. God didn't create you to be low. He created you to be. Why do you, why you think every time you get low, you, 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 you uh, fight to get out from being low? Because God didn't create you to be low. He created you to be high. And I'm not talking about high on weed. God created you. God created you to function on a higher level. Amen. God, God didn't create you uh, to, uh, uh, to compete. He created you to dominate, to have dominion over, over, over. Amen. To subdue the earth. To take over. Glory to God. And so he did that because <laughs> he's over. Let me, let me, you ever, you ever thought about, now most of, you, most of you have heard me say this, but the Bible says Jesus is the king of, and he's the Lord of, now he's the king of kings, right? What kings do you think he's the king over? You know what the Bible calls us? The Bible calls us kings and priests. So Jesus, he's the king over kings. And he is the Lord. <laughs> Glory over lords. So we're not, God didn't create it. You, you have to, you have to get if, if you're ever going to discover your purpose and walk in the fullness, in the full measure of the purpose that God, you have got to get away from a victim mentality. You got to get away from small thinking. Literally, you've got to, you've got to start thinking on a different level than what you've ever, you're not, you're not poor white trash. I don't care if you grew up in a trailer park. Are y'all hearing me today? Because some people want to pigeonhole you. 
into some kind of mindset that was developed by man, inspired by Satan. Do you know, you know we're really living the low life when we categorize ourselves by the color of our skin? <laughs> Come on, y'all. When we put ourselves in, listen, when you, when you say, if, you, if Lewis was to say, I can't catch a break because I'm black, that, that's low living. For, now, listen, if you're, if you're not born again believer, uh, suck it up, buttercup. You, you know, you're, uh, you, you chose your lot in life. You can, you can choose Jesus and you can live a different life. But you know what? If you're going to, if you're going to live in, contra, in contrary to his word, uh, contradicting what he said, not living according to his word, then you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. But when you're a black man in the kingdom of God, glory to God. Then you know what? It don't matter. It don't matter. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if 15 crosses are burned in your yard. I don't care if the KKK come to your front yard and scum, 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 go back to where you're from. I don't care if they, I don't, it don't matter. It, none of that matters. It, it don't. You know why? Because you're, you know, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. When God created you, he created you in his image and in his. See, so, so see, as, as, minor, as a minority, you know what I have to be careful of? That I don't get a victim mentality that every time I get pulled over by the cops, it's because I'm black. Go ahead, man. It's because I'm brown skin. Because I'm Hispanic. Oh, yeah. That every time someone does me wrong, I can't, I can't get that in my. Amen. Because I don't live according to this world. Now, is it going to happen? Sure, it's going to happen. But I can't live according to that. I've got to live according to how God made me. I'm... Why, why, why are we going to keep living low when God called us to live high? Why are we going to keep participating in the foolishness of the world and in the foolishness of the... The foolishness, the foolishness of the... <laughs> I'm looking at Ted. I'm looking at <laughs> I watched the green mile one too many times. <laughs> we got to live according to the according to the word of God. Now, I'm not denying, I'm not denying that there's evil in this world and that there are things that have been perpetrated against different, uh, you know, there, there was a Holocaust. Jews were slaughtered. There, there were, they were, uh, Hitler was trying to annihilate an entire people group. But you know what? We can't live with that mentality. Thinking that somehow or another that the evil of man governs uh, our, our success or our failure or our ability to do the will of God or not to do the will of God. It, the only thing that determines whether or not we be everything God wants us to be is us. And our willingness either to, to work our faith and be everything God called us to be or not work our faith. Come on now. If you, and listen, I, I, I've talked about this before. Lynn, Lynn came to me. She said one time, she said, you need to talk about redhead, redheads too. Because she says, as, as, as a redheaded girl with freckles, I was, I was, uh, I was bullied and picked on. It was, she's like, I was discriminated against just because of red hair. Yeah. 
and freckles. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to live that. We're not going to live. Here's the thing. You know what? You know what Lynn has to do? You know what we all have to do? Because all of us. Hello. Listen, some of you, some of you women been dumped by men. Says you, they said you was no good. No one else would ever have you. No one to have you. You ain't never going to find nobody. I'm the best. You, you're ruining this. I'm the best you, you could ever hope for. They ain't nothing but the devil. Amen. And you know what? That, that's affected how some of y'all dress, how some of y'all talk. How some of y'all act in public. Well, 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 well. But you know, if you if you believe that God's in control and that you were made in His image and in His likeness, God now God created us. Why? Because He wanted a family, and He created us to worship. We took we took Lucifer's place. That's why He's so mad at us. That's why He's so mad at us. Because we got everything He wanted. Remember all that stuff He said He wanted before He got cast out of heaven. We got every bit of that. He said, I want to be like the most high. You know what God said? I've made you in my image and in my likeness. He said, I want to be, I want to be lifted up. You know what God did? He exalted us. He lifted us up. We are king, kings and priests. In the book, in the book of Psalm, the Bible says, We've been made a little lower than the angels. But when you look at that verse of scripture in the book of Psalms, it doesn't say we've been made a little lower than the angels. You know what it says? It says we've been made a little lower than God. We've been made a little lower than Elohim. Not the angels, a little lower than God. You say, well, why did it get translated in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews, was it? The book of Hebrews, a little lower than the angels. Well, because they were... They were uh, the writer of Hebrews was quoting out of the Septuagint, which was a, it wasn't even really a translation. It was more of a, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was very, a very loosely translated version of the Old Testament in Greek. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a translation as much as it was a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, paraphrasing of, of the, uh, of the Old Testament. But We've been made a little lower than God. We were made in his image, church, and in his likeness. It's God, then it's us. Oh, yeah. And then it's everything. Why do you think the angels desire to look into the things? that The angels look at us, they can't figure us out. They wonder why we live in such terrible... Con- why are these people living so terrible? We, the, the angels come up in here, they scratch their heads at some of y'all. The name of Jesus is spoken, and y'all just sit there. The angels are like, why ain't they moving? But I want you to think about it. So God created man. Then after he created man in his image, in his likeness, man started naming animals, doing all that stuff. And then God, God had a thought. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. Isn't that right? Isn't that what he said? It's not good for man to be alone. 
Why did he say that? Well, you know, God was God had had made all of this creation, but it never had created anything on our on his level. Except for us. And it was taking care of something in the heart of God. So you know what God said? It's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to do for man what I just did for myself. I'm going to take out of him. Come on, somebody. Just like I took out of me. (laughs) Are y'all seeing it? I'm going to take out of him and I'm going to make a woman. And I'm going to, I'm going to do for man. I created a family. Now I'm going to give him the ability to create a family. Are y'all seeing this? See, this is this. And and you say, well, you know what? Dogs and cats and they all have families too. Yeah, but we're unique. Now I know I know this will this will this will help you, I hope. But I know I know sometimes I know I know I don't know if y'all know Shelby's. Uh, uh, most of y'all know Shelby's story. She lost her brother a couple years ago to uh, a fentanyl uh, overdose. Uh, what was it? it? Was a year ago? No, two years ago, three years ago, and uh, a fentanyl overdose and uh, wasn't a purposeful. He didn't do, he didn't try to kill himself. There was a pill that was laced with enough fentanyl to kill, I think, a whole farm of animals and uh, several armies of men. And he had taken this pill, and, he, and he's 22 years old, 22 years old. That's a very tragic situation. And I went to that funeral. And I went to preach at that funeral. <sighs> I got to looking around at that family. I'm looking at Shelby. I'm like... Well, there he is right there. There's Ty right there. She's up there talking. She's walking around like, that's him right there. I look at her daddy. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Ty wasn't even Ty. I look at your dad. I said, there's Ty right there. I figured out where all that came from that, that was, you know, that, that was in Ty. It was in his daddy. Spent time with her mother. I'm like, well, there's Shelby and Ty right there. All, all that that was in them. And, and here's the thing. You don't have to live with your, with your parents, with your father and your mother to pick up attributes from. Now, see, dogs and cats, you, you take a dog or a cat from one, from, from a dog, and it not be nothing like the dog that was its father or mother. Be totally different. Totally different temperament. Not have any of the same character, same attribute, no nothing. But man, you might have got adopted when you was one. But when you go on the on when you go on the Oprah show on the reunion, you know, I found my sibling. I found my mama. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember when that was going on when people. And, and, they're, and they're on stage, never been in the same room with one another, and they're flipping their hair the same. Right. They got the same laugh. Man, when me and Reuben got in the same room, we're, we're first cousins. We're not even brothers. 
and we got in the same room together, and we went to talking. You know, we didn't, have to, we didn't have to finish saying some things, and we knew what we was talking about. We get one another. Immediately, we got one another. Nice and quiet, Ted. <laughs> I'm going to build you a bathroom in the new church. It's going to be Ted's bathroom. It's going to be right... <laughs> Right next to his chair. <laughs> he said, get up and walk in. <laughs> Y'all get what I'm talking about, right? But see, that's, 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 how God, that's how God made us. God made us in a way that we were created in his image and in his likeness. We don't create after our kind. We create after his kind. But the kind of him that comes out of us carries characteristics and attributes that are similar to us. That, see, that's the beauty. So when, when, when we lose someone in death, we don't really, you know, we, and I say this at nearly every funeral I go to. When we lose someone in death, we always say, well, we're going to see him again someday. No, you're going to see him around. Because when my granddad died, my granddad didn't die. Because I still have my daddy. And boy, I tell you, it's scary. And my grandmother, she didn't really go. I got my mother. And it is real scary. In fact, my older sister, she don't even want to hear it. Because my Puerto Rican grandma, she was mean. Santa. That's her name, Santa, holy woman. She's either going to be holy or mean, and she was mean. Santa, Santa. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Grandma. I know you're right. Her hand is twitching right now, boy. She got a chancla right now. Try a minute. <laughs> but I look at my sisters. You want to talk about scary? Boy, I, I looked at my older sister one day. I was like, Santa. She's like, don't say that. I'm like, it's true. You just can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. So when, God, when, when, when we go to looking for our purpose, to oh my gosh, to fulfill our purpose, to function our we have to understand that when God created us, he didn't create us with this small mindset that we're carrying around. That's the world and the devil that has tried to bind you and keep you from discovering the great things that God prepared you and, and, and constructed you for. Amen. Listen, you ought to be, you ought to be reigning as a king in, in life. Oh, yeah. Amen. But that's, a, that's, a, that's one of the first steps is discovering. Amen. How, how do I? Am I communicating this all right? The only thing that's jacked up is your mind. And so you have to begin to think the way God uh, wants you to think. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Any questions? Anybody have any questions? Any more questions here? And this, well, I'll stop here and give you a chance. Someone have something they feel like that they could add to this that would be helpful 
uh, and share something here. Don't be afraid, you know, y'all. You, I'd like for you to interject and and uh, share what the Holy Spirit. This is this is our opportunity to do that. We do we used to do that in Koinonia with the uh, Sunday services, but anyhow, Marianne, you have anything? You, Praise the Lord. <laughs> so you were you were built. You were constructed for victory. God didn't build you for defeat. That's that's why it messes you up when you when you get in that area of defeat. That's why some of y'all are like, why is this? Why is it? Because God didn't create you to lose. <laughs> are y'all hearing me? When God created you, he didn't create you to lose. So you know what you got to do? Don't lose. You say, but, but Brother Ziggy, how do we do that? How do we do that in the midst of, in the midst of loss when, when someone is saying something to when we've when we, uh, when we played a game of volleyball and we lost? <laughs> First of all, you shouldn't feel that bad about it. <laughs> it's, it's volleyball. <laughs> And again, you shouldn't feel that good about it because it's volleyball. <laughs> but when it comes to the things of life, um, you, have, you have what it takes in you to, be, to, to live in victory all the time, to win all the time. No matter what the circumstances are, you can come out on top every time. You can you can be joyful every time. You can live you can live free of the of the of the spirit of heaviness and live in victory. You say, what about uh, what about someone like Shelby who suffered loss of a brother him early in life? Number one, her her brother is not dead. He's just not here. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Think about it like this. So you're going to you're going you're going to get cramped up about missing this much. Out of all of this? Go ahead, man. See, sometimes we let stuff get us jammed up in the cares of this life and not accommodating what God has for us throughout the eternity of the rest of our... I mean, listen, those, those of you that have had loss, that have lost people, and I've lost people too. But here's, here, here's the way I've always thought about it. Well, you know what? You know, we only have this much in this life. The Bible says that our life is a vapor. You're, go, you're going too. Every day you get closer and closer. Every day. And some of us are closer than others. But it's only this part. 
What are we living for if we're living for him? Well, we're not living for just this part. We're living for all of it. Amen. Amen. And so when it comes to these things that we're talking about, these, these uh, uh, gifts of God, ministry gifts, spiritual gifts, some of these things we're not going to have any need of in the, in the, uh, in the world to come. But they, those, these things will definitely prepare us for the world to come. Oh, yeah. That's what I was trying to get at. Is that these lessons that we learn in this life, we're learning because of who we are. Because one day, because you are a king and a priest, and I know you're like, I'm a queen. <laughs> queen Mendez, glory to God. But isn't that your uh, Snapchat? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now everybody looks. <laughs> Because we're kings, think about it. So God created us in his image. We're the most unique in his creation, but we're not all he created. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we, how do we know that we're not all he created? Because the Bible says he created angels. But you know what? They're not like us. They weren't created in his image. They weren't created in his likeness. They're different than we are. We've been made uh, according to scripture, a little lower than God and higher than the angels. We know that God created something that was here on this earth because they pulled it up out of the ground. Oh, yeah. Dinosaurs, different things like that. That was something God created. We don't know nothing about that. You don't know. To, some of you are like, oh, no, you know, I, I believe. Well, you know what? We can form all the opinions we want to, but the Bible doesn't tell us enough about all of that that happened for us to really know. You, do you know why? Because it's none of our business. But what we do need to understand is that we are not all that God created. We weren't the first inhabitants of this earth. And whatever it was that was on this earth that looked like us, it wasn't us. They weren't, they weren't us. They weren't created in his image and in his likeness. They looked kind of like us, but they weren't created in his image and in his likeness. Do you get it? We were created in his image and in his likeness. You know the Bible, and I'm not, I'm not trying to freak you all out here, but you know what the Bible talks about? <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't even say this. We got folks that are super new here, and you're going to think I'm weird for saying this. But the Bible talks about thrones and dominions and all these things. We, we have this idea, because we live in this dimension, that this is all that there is. If God is the if God if God is the author of life, how many of you would agree that God is the author of life? God is light; in Him there is no darkness. He is life. Amen. Jesus said, "I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life." Amen. So God is life. Now, if God is life, and when we look at all of this, just our universe. Let's not even think about the galaxy, the universe, and all these things that are everywhere else. But let's just think about our universe. If the only life that there is exists on the third rock from the sun, <laughs> then wouldn't it be more proper for us to refer to God as the author of death if most of it is dead? 
Well, no, that he's the author of life. When God, when, God, when God created man, before he created us, he was creating. Then he created us. Do you really think that after he created us, he quit creating? So we were created for something. The Bible says part of it is to rule and to reign. Well, what do you think you're going to rule and reign? You think that every Christian over all, the, uh, all these thousands of years, that we're all going to just have like a, a, a one by one foot square on the earth where, which we, where, where we rule? This is, my, this is my rulership. Shree, stay over there in your rulership. No, there are kingdoms. There are dominions. There are thrones. There are creations that God has created. That, and and I'm, again, you don't have to believe this my way, but I, I believe there's a whole lot of life out there. Oh, yeah. And I believe that our job isn't done when we leave this planet, when we leave this world and enter into the world to come. Yeah. Glory to God. Now, see, now I've got some of y'all thinking. And you ought to. Now, here's the thing. Some of you are like, we should study that. Good luck. Good luck. You know, there's a reason why God has us trying to concentrate on what we're doing right now. Because we get, we, get we get overloaded with just life here. Go ahead, man. So you need to be busy figuring out what his purpose is for you right here in this place and learning the lessons that you're going to learn in this life fulfilling your purpose here, doing what God called you to do here, yielding yourself to, to the Spirit of God here so that when the time comes uh, and you're in the world to come, you can get over there and fulfill your purpose there. You mean I have a purpose in the world to come? <laughs> oh, you're going to... Oh, some, wow, some of you are going to be so shocked. <laughs> some of you are going to have to go to school oh, yeah. in heaven. So you're like, wait a minute, won't we know everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll know everything you don't know. <laughs> yeah, we need to figure it out. Amen. All right, no questions? So now run over back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Boy, how did I get over there? <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. This Bible app asking me lots of questions today. Today I made the mistake of saying I loved the Bible app. Now, it's harassing me for a rating. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. We're, <laughs> hey, listen to me, y'all. Um, I'm not teaching you that there's little green men out there. But there could be. You know, some of this stuff people are seeing. <laughs> some of it is demonic. Some of it, I think, you know, you know, do you, you, you do understand that fallen angels have bodies, physical bodies, that they weren't, that they, they, they still have them today. You say, well, why don't we see them on the earth? Because there's a point in time where God said, you ain't going back down there. I believe those things are what the Bible calls uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. Boy, I'm getting it. I need to shut up, right? Hey, just look at me like, oh, Pastor, he talking about some stuff. <laughs> 
spiritual wickedness in high places. But those angels, that those fallen angels, they had bodies, they have bodies, and some of them, while they were able to walk on the earth, slept with women and created giants. Nephilim. And then the Bible says that they were put in chains in prison in the lower parts of the earth. These were not demons. These were fallen angels. Wow. Now, I mean, we, we had a study on this. Wednesday nights, we had a study on this one time. It was the, or, the uh, demon. We were talking about the origin and the operation of demons. Demons, demons and fallen angels are not the same thing. Demons are disembodied spirits. I believe demons were uh, the spirits of those that were. Anyway, let me let me. Uh, when 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 Satan when Satan what what did Jesus say when he saw Satan fall? He said, "I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven." And he says he saw him he saw him fall to the earth. There was something here, right? Science has been able to look at it, into it to the point where it says, this place froze instantly. The reason why they say that is because dinosaurs they found that had undigested green stuff in their belly. I believe that was because of the fall of Satan. I think he hit the earth so hard and smacked it so hard, knocked it out of whack and everything froze. I believe in the gap theory. I believe there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then Genesis 1-2, the earth is without form and void. God doesn't create anything without form and void. Everything God creates is perfect. It's right. Oh, yeah. You read scripture about the creation of the earth, that it was perfect. Book of Psalm, book of Job. In the beginning when God created it, it was perfect. It was good. It was right. Something happened between 1-1 and 1-2. The, the fall of Satan. Whatever was here, he corrupted. Just giving you my opinion. You don't have to, this is, you don't have to believe this at all. In fact, there are people that believe something different. They don't believe in a gap theory. Uh, I believe in gap theory. <clears throat> Some people just believe the earth isn't that old. Or it's flat. <laughs> I'd like to see the pictures. <laughs> so those, those, Eve, those disembodied spirits, uh, those spirits that were in those people that were here, whatever was here, whatever creation was here, was corrupted by Lucifer and became demons. Became a part of his dominion and were cursed. And that's what we deal with here. That when we're dealing with stuff here on the earth, here in this, what the, the demons we're fighting, this those disembodied. If you've ever dealt with people who are demon, demons are stupid. They're not smart. When you deal with someone who's demon possessed, you get that spirit to talking, they talk the most stupid stuff. They be trying to tell you stuff that is so dumb. But for some reason, sometimes we'll get over there in that dumb way of thinking. <laughs> we allow them to seduce us with stupid thinking. But anyway, uh, my, point, my point was this. Is that um, when, when, when the Bible says that Jesus descended there in Ephesians, 
that he descended first in the lower parts of the earth. Many people believe that what he was doing was he was going down there to tell those, those, those angels came slept with women to try to corrupt the seed of the Messiah, to, to pollute and to corrupt the seed that Jesus would come from. Um, the flood came, um, that, there, the, the, that seed was uh, still in one of uh, Noah's son's uh, wives. One of Noah's daughter-in-law still carried the seed of the Nephilim. And so uh, they weren't totally eradicated. But anyhow, um, th that was how the, the, the devil tried to stop Jesus from coming. So Jesus, when he went to the lower parts of the earth, I believe he popped in on those spirits and he was like, you missed. <laughs> and, and announced to them they had failed, which they had and then was triumphant and did, did all that he did. But we as, we, as God's, we as God's children, as God's people, it's important for us to... Now, it's not important for us to major on those things, but it's important for us to understand that we're not common. That we're not just... We're, again, we're not white trailer trash. We're not, you know, we're not... Uh, uh, what do they say about black people? Yeah, we're not ghetto. What do they say about you, mama? She's like, I don't know. Tomato picker. You're not just a tomato picker. A beaner, a wetback. I don't think anybody, I don't think they have them words for Puerto Rican people. But anyway, <clears throat> they just call, anybody that speaks Spanish, they try to call us Mexican. <laughs> Doesn't mean if you're Salvadorian, you can be Dominican, you could be anything, they'd be calling you Mexican. Made my mom mad. Boy, you, you make my mom mad, call her Mexican. Not because she has anything against Mexican, she married like three of them. But anyway, <laughs> not all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I hope my mom ain't listening to this one. All right. Uh, uh, so uh, we, we've been talking about the gifts, and these gifts, they work better if you understand that you were created for these gifts to work in you and through you. When God made you, he made you so these gifts would work. So this idea that you have that you maybe maybe you're jacking it up because you're just not cut out for gifts, that's a lie. When God created you, he created you for gifts. For manifestations of the spirit. For these things to work in and through you. It's it's the enemy's job to try to get you to believe otherwise and to to become misaligned so that you never are fully glory, are fully um, uh, yielded to and function in the full measure of what God created you for and what he created you to be. And so whatever you've been through, no matter what you've been through, whether it's the death of a loved one, whether you've been through uh, a, uh, you split with a, a husband, if you split with a wife, if you, um, if you, uh, uh, whatever, I mean, I could go, I go, I can just go over all kinds of stuff here. In my, no matter how your circumstances in the natural have changed, nothing about what God has called you to do in the spirit has ever changed. Go ahead, 
No mistake you've ever made, no difficulty you've ever gone through, no battle that you've ever fought, no lie that the devil ever told, no physical. You know, some of us go through things in our physical bodies, like Lupe struggle with that back with that back pain that she did. And you know, you know what the devil be trying to tell her? You'll never see. You were wrong. God can't use you. You be, no. Listen, the devil is a liar. And when we begin to believe what God said about us is true over what the enemy said about us, then we open up the door for these things to flow, flow freely through us. And everything is put in perspective. All of a sudden, we begin to look at life and we begin to look at eternity. We, you, you're, one day you're going to realize you're going to have way more, you're going to have way more time with Ty. And, if, and if, if, if you were still living in the flesh, you'd be like, I don't think I could stand this long with Ty. But over an eternity, you're going to be able to stand one another. You know what I'm saying? Every day, day in, day out, you're going to be able to do it. And it's going to be a joy because it's never going to end. It's never going to end. And the devil, he'll be trying to get you over into that place where you're, where you're locked up, where, you can, where, where he's trying to keep you, block you from doing what God wants you to do because you're locked up on this one thing that happened to you. You, you, had, a, uh, you had a split up. I can't do nothing with me because I split with the, I split with, I, I had a, a divorce. You know, that was, that was a big thing. But, but at another time in the church, there were a lot of people that believed if you were divorced, that was the, that was the death sentence. You were, it was the nail in the coffin to your ministry and to anything God wanted. You couldn't even serve as an elder at some churches because you was divorced. That's a lie. Do you know divorce is like any other sin? It's forgivable. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all made a mistake. Some of y'all married the wrong person the first time. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all would be dead today if you hadn't left that joker. Go ahead, Are y'all hearing me? Did any of y'all watch any of that trial? Some people ain't meant to be together. I'm just playing when I'm talking about the trial. I didn't watch that trial. I did watch the verdict today. But anyhow, um, how did I get off there? Anyway, so I'm, I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to help you all out here. You have got to, you got to break that mindset, church. Because some of you, that's what's keeping you from flowing in your gift. You're stuck on something that you did in the past. You're stuck on something that happened in your life in the past. And you know what? God hadn't thought nothing about that no more once you asked him to forgive you. But you keep bringing it up. And he's like, what you talking about? Well, God, don't you remember? No, don't you remember, Lord? Don't you remember what I did? And he's like, well, I, 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 I didn't until you said something. But you, know, but you know what that does to some of you? Before, before you, walk in, you walk in the church, before you ever go to prophesy, you'd you be thinking, oh, man, uh, yeah, I better not. I'm not worthy. I, I want to reassure you, you are not. Never have been, never will be. You're no good, you're no good, you're no good. Baby, you're no good. Ought to be sung in every church, probably every Sunday, just to remind us. 
Not so we can feel bad, but so that we'll just realize it. God doesn't do these things for us because we're good. He's the only one that's good. He does these things because this is what he made us for. (laughs) Because he wants to share his divine nature in and through us. To people that are lost and dying and don't understand who they are. You at least have a measure of understanding of who you are in Christ. You get a greater measure, and there'll be a greater measure of the flow of his spirit through your life. Did that make sense? Did that help you all today? Anybody have any comments, questions, concerns? Well, I know I stirred some things up because I I opened some cans, and I just left them open and didn't do nothing with them. (laughs) I opened up some cans. I just left them there. Now, listen, don't, don't go on a quest to figure all of it out. and don't, d- Definitely don't go on YouTube and start um, um, do a search for Nephilim. And don't go do a search for uh, gap theory and things like that. Don't do that. Because you're going to hear some stuff that I don't, I'm going to tell you right now. There's some people there trying to build doctrine that, out of stuff that you can't build a doctrine out of. And there's a reason why I don't talk about this stuff all the time. You know why? Because I can't prove none of it. It's just stuff that, thoughts that I've had, things that I've put together. You know what? When I get to heaven, you know what the Lord's going to say? Well, you know, you kind of had it. (laughs) I just want him to say, well done. You understand? I don't want him to look at me and go like, well. (laughs) I just want him to say, well done. I don't want to be like hanging, well. Do I get the next part? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well done. <laughs> Praise God. But see, for us to for us to get the well done, it's not it's not that we're always right or always uh lived right or whatever, but it's that we 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 were faithful to the grace and to the to the to the purpose for which we were created, that we did all that we could do to immerse ourselves in his presence, to be everything that he wanted us to be while here on planet Earth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do I think heaven is a planet? I don't think so, but it could be. You know, there's a place in the north. <laughs> he was like, Pastor, don't do it. You're going in there yet. There is. I mean, science, scientists, they, they haven't figured it out. There's, a, there's just a big old gap in the north, northern part of the, uh, of the uh, uh, galaxy there. I mean, it's just not, there's, uh, some people think that that's where heaven is. But uh, I don't know. If you go there and find out before us, maybe try to send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> Send Sheree a text. Let her know. <laughs> she will text you back. <laughs> Can you imagine getting a Sheree text when you're standing in front of the Lord? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Wait a minute, Lord, is Sheree? <laughs> Yeah, you know what the Lord would say? Tell her to send one text. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just speculating. But anyway. 
<laughs> now we've gone over into foolishness. But anyway, praise God. There is, there's a, uh, there is, you could look, you can look that up, you know, about the, the big old gap in the northern part of the sky there. Well, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Any questions? You got a question, Ted? <laughs> He's afraid. <laughs> well, this wasn't much about gifts, was it? it was, well, it was in a way, but um, well, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for, for, for making me feel better, Anna. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for all that we've shared today that was your word. And Lord, those things that we know that are out there that are not things that we can uh, really explore and really, really get revelation on. We're, we're going to leave those things to you. But God, more than anything today, what we want to come out of here with is we want to be yielded to your grace in our lives. Oh, yes. We want to we function in the fullness of your grace yes. and allow the full measure of your spirit and your gift to flow out of our lives. Lord, no matter what that looks like, whether it puts us on a platform ministering to millions of people or keeps us from kicking our dog. God, we want to function in your grace. We want to, we want to love you so much, Lord, that we are, about, we are about doing your business and not just about doing ours. So, Father, I pray that your spirit will continue to work with us in, uh, in the fulfillment of, of your call. And Lord, may, may, we, may we get a greater, may we, may we have a greater hope because uh, of the call uh, that you have upon us uh, to be ambassadors, representatives for you, ministers for you, ministers of reconciliation, flowing in the, in the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We love you, Lord. We don't always act like it, but we, you know what's in our hearts. And because you do, you know that we, we love you, Lord. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, <clears throat> if you don't have anything else, uh, I don't have anything else today. I, I kind of got a little uh, on a couple rabbit trails, but hopefully it was helpful. And you could, uh, uh, maybe you saw some things you hadn't seen before and it maybe helped you to understand uh, how God created you and the purpose. Uh, maybe maybe you discovered a little bit more of the purpose for which uh, you were created. God, God created you to be mighty and uh, in his image and in his likeness. So uh, when you go out of here tonight, Go out of here knowing that you are not low, you are high, that you are not under, you are over, that you are not a loser, that you are a winner, glory Amen. to God, that you are not a victim, you are the victor, amen, that, that uh, you are, uh, that you're living this life uh, according to his will. So in Jesus' name, go in his presence. And Ruben Villanueva will be here on Sunday to minister the word. I know we've had lots of guests lately. And uh, we're, this will be the last guest we have until, until July when Dr. Sherlock Bally will be joining us on the thing. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to miss Dr. Bally. 
you think your head swimming was swimming a little bit tonight. I was just, I was just, I was just talking crazy. But Dr. Bally, he'll open up that Bible and mess with you. So, uh, but he does. He has a word for us. God gave him a word about the about America, about the United States. I think about the United. He didn't say the United States. He said about America, which you know uh, could be more than just uh, the United States. Um, so the Americas are. I, I think most of you know that, right? Uh, so anyway, anyway, he did. He did have a word, and he said it's a good word. It's a revelation that God gave him, and uh, he called me up directly. So I reckon it's probably he's probably excited about it. Uh, he got me excited about it. He's like, "Can I come, brother?" I'm like, "Come on, Amen." Praise the Lord. Where you where your cowboy shirt that you bought last time you with me? <clears throat> But anyway, next next time that'll be that'll be in July. So uh, uh, next week, Reuben, and then you'll you'll be stuck with me for a few weeks, which uh, we need to get stuck with one another for a while. And uh, but I am I will be in Ohio next week, so be be in prayer, uh, whatever the Lord wants to do there, that He'll get it done. I believe the great things are going to happen. So go in His presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. Uh, outreach on Friday, and uh, I'll see you all Sunday, fun day in the name of Jesus.